0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Let's open up in prayer. Father God, we uplift your name, we uphold your name. We magnify your name, your name is sacred. And just thank you, thank you for this this day, thank you for this time, thank you for this opportunity. And thank you for allowing me to speak to your people. I pray that your word is heard through my voice and it touches the hearts and the ears of your people. And let them be changed from this message. Let them take this message and apply it to their lives. I pray that you give me total recall Of this message you want me to present, to allow me to give this clearly, and to give me to make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, so I can give this message to your people. And may it bless your people, Father. And I thank you, and I pray that we continue to uplift KLM, Pastor Dwayne, Lady Courtney, and the Wright family everyone listening thank you father god in jesus name amen so okay usually when you see me brother frank up here i'm giving the exhortation of tithes and offerings well the message this morning is on the same principle but it's going to be an extended version of the exhortation over tithes and offerings in the past you may have heard me, I believe I spoke about what is the tithe and where is your heart at concerning offering, but the message today is on those same lines. So as I was studying for this, I realized, wow, this is like a part three to this. So this is a part three to that and maybe later on, i add on to a part four because it's, it's a whole lot of stuff in here and I just want to focus on a couple of main points. So. The title of today is Store Up Treasure. And if I say Store Treasure, yeah, Store Treasure. Cause this reminded me as a couple months ago, not, not gonna make a long story, I'm not gonna do a long story, but before me and my wife got married, she had her own apartment, I had my own apartment, we got married and we brought all our stuff together to the same apartment that we was in. But it all fit, it was all in there. And then later on we had to move to a smaller apartment, much smaller apartment, and we had a baby on the way. So all of our valuables, all the extra stuff we had, we couldn't fit there. So we had to put it into storage. And while I was in the storage, we're paying every month just to hold our valuables. Then at the time, we, you know, we got another child and we was able to move to a bigger place. And we was able to go back to the storage and get our valuables out of there. When we did that, it was sort of like finding treasure because angels. was, she said, wow, I, never, I was looking for this dress all this time and here it is in storage. I was looking to wear it is, so I was looking for this and it was in storage. And even me, I was the same way. I said, oh wow, these DVDs, I haven't seen these movies in a while and I'm digging through the, my crates of records and I'm finding all these songs that I want to play. So it was like we were discovering our own treasure again, even though it was ours. And I just bring that up because those are our earthly uh, treasures we had but as i said before we want to store treasure and i mean that i mean store up heavenly treasure and you're saying store up heavenly treasure how do we can we even store up heavenly treasure well very very simple through our giving through our as we honor god with our, with our money you know, tithes offerings of seed things of that nature that is how you can store treasure in heaven okay so but brother frank why should i even store treasure in heaven it's heaven well, first of all, you guys have to—we all have to get rid of this YOLO mentality. You're going to live again, except you have a choice where you want to live. And so, what I'm saying is, the reason why you want to store treasures in heaven because number one, it'll it'll help build your faith. It'll build your faith, and it'll also, as you're doing that, as far as you're giving, it'll, it'll help you in your giving. And listen, check this out. Now, I'm gonna use a broad stroke with this, so don't, don't get mad at me if I'm not using exact numbers. But let's say you start working at the age of 18 and you retire at 65. That's 47 years that you're working to, dare I say, accumulate wealth. I'm talking to the average person, so for all you other people that says, no, I'm gonna I'm retire at 30, no, I'm just talking average American. 18 to 65, that's about 47 years of working. And then let's say you you live till you're 85. So you work for 47 years so you can spend 20 years off of what you was accumulating for wealth, okay? So some of y'all may say that's, and that in the scheme of things is like this, like this small, this long, if you really think about it because those 20 years that you, that you're using that wealth for is about this, about this long as far as time is concerned. Whereas when you think about eternity, it's, the line is so long, I don't have a big enough wingspan to even show you how long it is, because it goes on forever. So that's why I'm saying we should think about storing our treasures in heaven. Are you with me? Okay, now let's get to this. Usually when I come up here for tithes and offerings, I say, let's go to 2 Corinthians 9 and 6. So let's do that. And I'm going to quickly read this. Well, not quickly read it, but I'm going to read this out of the, uh that's my pen. That's okay. I'm going to read this out of uh, King James Version, Second Corinthians 6. Look what it says. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, I've said that a lot. And you've heard me say it a lot, and I've described it a lot, and you probably, you probably have it memorized by now. But what does that mean? I'm going to piggyback on something. I might have spoke about this before, so I'm going to re, rehash it because you need to understand this, need to learn this, know this. God doesn't want us to give grudgingly because grudgingly is an ill will, it's a resentment. It's basically, as, as it um, comes to your, your giving, your heart wants to give, but your hand says no or your hand wants to give and your heart says no. So there's a a tug of war going there, going on. And some people, you hear some people take grudges to the grave or what have you. That's because they never resolve some issue or they don't trust the person they had this issue with. And so they just get along with the person, but they really don't trust them or what have you. And same thing with this. Sometimes we really don't want to give or we, but someone nudges us and pushes us along, we give. God says don't give like that. He also says don't give out of necessity. So don't give this morning because you need a need later on this week. God says don't give like, don't, don't do that. And I'll explain why in a second. But he says don't do that because it's the same situation as if you're at home and a person you haven't spoke to in a year calls you up. And the first thing they say out of their mouth is, hey, I need some money. And you're probably saying, like, wow, now you need some money. You had all year to call me, and the first time you call me, you're asking for money. So God says he doesn't want you to, to give that way. But he does say I want you to give cheerfully. And cheerfully means joy, enthusiasm, excitement. It means willingly, so no one has to poke you in the rib or twist your arm to give. You're just so excited, you're just willing to give it on your own. And that's, how, that's the type of attitude God wants us to have as we're giving. Okay, now let me, let me explain this to you also as we move forward. God owns everything, okay? God owns everything. So we got to keep God first in everything. This is going to keep you grounded with this. Remember that. God owns everything. Keep God first in, in everything, including our giving. Ask yourself this question. Am I an owner or, I, or am I a manager? And I'm not talking about Burger King. Am I an owner or am I a manager? And you're probably saying, what do you mean, Brother Frank? I'm explaining this to you. And I'm going to read this out of the ESV. If you call me um, Deuteronomy 8, verse 17 and 18. And it reads, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I soundly sw- um, warn you today that you will surely perish. Um, yeah. So that's Deuteronomy 8 and 7, verse 17 and 18. I think I went to 19, but you understand God owns everything. You didn't get this wealth on your own. It was God who gave you the, the power to do so and the ability to do so remember that also remember this even in first chronicles 29 verses 11 to 14 i'm gonna read this to you you got to get this it says yours o lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours yours is the kingdom o lord and you are exalted as head above all both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. So, in short, everything is God, as you see, for riches and honor come from him. So I'm not ask you, are we an owner or a manager? We are managers. And God owns the wealth, and we manage it. So remember that as we're talking about storing up this treasure and then not giving because we don't own, what we think we own is really God's. So let's continue on. Now remember I just said about the necessity, don't give out of necessity. Well, let's, let's look at this in Matthew 6, 31. Okay? I'll read that out of the King James. I'm sorry, I don't mean to go back and forth between King James and ESV, but sometimes it's both, it's both from the Bible, so it all makes sense. Here we go. Okay. What I said, Matthew 6 31. Listen to this. Therefore, take no thought saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things shall be added unto you. Okay. Now we can get down into it because everything else before that was my long intro. Right here, God already knows what we need. And God, he, will, he grants the desires of our hearts. And you know in Romans where it says, God shall supply all my needs. God knows all your needs, okay? But what he's saying in here is, I'm going to add some things to you. So if you want some things added to you, there's certain things you have to do. Now, let me say this. Some of us don't have things being added to our lives because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Because God says, I'm going to add these things to you, to you. But look what it says. It says, first, you must seek the kingdom of God. So you got to seek the kingdom first for these things to be added to you. Some of us haven't seek the kingdom and things are not being added to us in life and we're stagnated or we're stuck or we're seeing things where we're not growing. There's no growth in our life. And that's probably most likely because we're not seeking the kingdom first. So it's order to this. You want things added to you, seek the kingdom first. Now, how do you seek the kingdom? Great question. This is how you seek the kingdom. Be born again, read your Bible, prayer and fasting, witnessing, the praise and worship. Now, as far as the subject we're talking about today, we want to talk about the praise and worship part. And I just don't mean praise and worship, you know, before church, during church, singing. That's praise and worship, but worship is also how you live your life. Everything you do, how you treat your spouse, your children, your family, your friends, uh, your coworkers, or even your job. Shout out to PD, when work is worship, that's what he's talking about. And even how you handle your money, all that is part of your worship because, because we can honor God with our money. So in order to get things added to you, seek the kingdom first and things will be added to you. So what, how, but what does all this mean as far as me building up treasure? I'm about to tell you because there's, there's a couple of effects that, that happen when we give as we're building up our treasure. Okay, here we go. Listen, listen to this. One of these things is when we, uh, when we give, we um we store treasures in, up in heaven. Did you know that? That when we give, we, we store treasures in heaven. I mean, it's plain. Let me let me take you to the scripture because y'all probably saying, well, "Where does it say that?" I'm gonna tell you where it says it at. In Matthew six and nineteen, I read this out the ESV, and here it says. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wow, that's a lot in there. So let me just explain to you what Jesus was saying. He's saying your earthly treasures, it's going to decay or turn to rust or be stolen. But if it's put up in heaven, it's protected. These things won't happen to it. Uh, Let me just, um, you may not believe me. I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, A little while ago, I was watching this this biopic program on this guy named Pablo Escobar. If you don't know who he is, just Google him. Pretty sure you'll find him. And he was a multi-billionaire. He didn't do the right thing to get the billions, but... Principles principle remains the same. He's a multi-billionaire and make a long story short, he became a fugitive on the run from American police, Colombian police, mercenaries, and they froze his bank assets. So while he was on the run, he ran out of money, but he remembered that he had buried some money in the ground. So him and his friend went to go get this money that was buried in the ground. And when he got the money out of the ground, it had deteriorated to mud. So it was no good. it was in the ground, and it was corrupt, it was no good it was yeah it was no good, it had no value left, so he had all these billions that was no good, and he eventually died a broke man, but the point is he had stored treasure where it can get it can get destroyed. okay, some of y'all saying, well, that's a little extreme I'm fine, I was listening to a uh, to a song, and I remembered and I was listening to the song and it just clicked something in my brain like one of these. One of the verses in the song was like, wow. And the song was called Gold by an artist named The And in the song, the song is mostly about obtaining wealth and riches and gold, but doing like all sorts of things to do it. Not always the right thing, but he was telling all these stories of what people do to get money. And one of the verses, I'm not going, I'll paraphrase the verse. One of the verses, he was talking about this certain, the certain guy. And this guy said, he had promised his mother a mansion with many rooms but she died, yet he still put a hundred grand in her tomb. And the first time I heard that, I was like, wow, that's deep. Cause, cause he kept, he tried to keep his promise to his mother, promising her a house, all these rooms. but she died and he still put the money into her tomb. But if we you think about it. She can't do anything with that money. She's, she's passed. She can't take that money with her. And not to offend anybody and not call anybody out, but we do that too at funerals. We, dress our loved ones up in their jewelry or chains or rings or what have you. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to talk about anybody, but you do realize they can't take that with them when they go. And we're not the first ones to do that. If you know anything about history, Egyptians did that most famously. A lot of the pharaohs, they were buried in their tombs and in their pyramids with all their wealth and riches, their gold, their silver, diamonds, rubies. Uh, scarabs, all these things, tools, pottery, what they were buried all these things because in their minds, they said when they get to the afterlife, they still want to have their wealth with them so they could live luxurious and comfortable just as they lived here. But what happened with that situation? Tomb raiders, right? People came in and they stole all the stuff out of these tombs. And just like Jesus said, thieves coming in and steal. So that doesn't work either as you can clearly see. Now you may think, well, that's not me either. I put my money in the bank. Okay, you put your money in the bank, but you do realize that stock markets crash, banks collapse, banks get robbed. Even if you put your money into a safe in the wall behind the picture, guess what, people can break in and crack your safe open and and take your money that way. I don't care if you put your money in online, whatever, New means there is. There's computer hackers who can hack into your identity, no, steal your identity, or hack into your account and steal your money. So, but I'm not saying I'm not saying not to put your money in the bank. Put your money in the bank, please do that. But the point is, Jesus is saying all these places where you try to store your treasure on earth, it could go to rust, it could be destroyed by moths, it can be stolen. If you put up in heaven. You still your treasure in heaven, then these things will happen to it. It's protected, it's safe. And there's another part in that verse, we're gonna move on. There's another part in that verse where it says, Where your treasure is, your heart is will be also. That's very deep. Listen to this. I can tell you what you love and where, where your heart is, just if I check your receipts by what you spend your money on. Okay? Now, sometimes our treasure is not always money. Sometimes some people say their treasure is their children. And we put a lot of money into our children, right? We got to feed them, we got to clothe them, take them to the doctors, uh, prepare them for college, college, all that, and prepare them with the sports and other things, other activities. But it's okay, but because they're our treasure, we put money into them. There's nothing wrong with doing that. And some of us, we even, and I'm, we about to learn economics 101, some of us even look at our homes, our house as a treasure because we, you know, we, we buy the house, you, know, you can buy the house for a certain price, renovate it, remodel it, flip it, if you will, and sell it for a profit. Okay, this is your treasure. And you can do these things with your home, and you can even do this, like you can, let's say you can get old and you want to retire, sell your house, and then for a bigger profit and move or go somewhere else and retire. Okay, that's one benefit you can get from having your house as a treasure. Or, you can even, what our people do. Give your house to your, to your children or your grandchildren or your great grandchildren. Right, a good, a good father leaves an inheritance for his children. You see how this all adds up. You can't take the house with you, but you can leave it for your family. Okay, and also, a situation I witnessed when it comes to having your house as your treasure, is that. I had grandparents, and their house was, I call it the Grand Central Station, because everybody was always over there. Relatives, aunts, cousins, even friends in the neighborhood, everybody was always there. And that, that was pretty cool, because in, in the end, when my grandparents transitioned to be with the Lord, there's always somebody around. It was never a case of, of them being you know, found in a rocking chair two weeks after they died. There's always people there. Not that sound all doom and gloom, but I'm saying, when you have your house as your treasure, it can... Pay off for you later on, and even this if you didn't know this, think about the house and the treasure. You can still enjoy it because while you're living in it, you can set up a swing set, set up a pool, host parties, set up your man cave or your gym in your house. You can enjoy your home while while you're still having it appreciate you know in value. So, and there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that at all. But here's the key God says have that same energy when you when you bring things to me or things of God when you're when you're doing your, your sowing when, you, when you're giving when you bringing the tithe have that same energy and do that first and like I said things will be added to you are you with me these are the uh, effects of what it happens when you when we give as we store in our treasure also another reason that I, another point is it pleases God when we prosper okay it pleases God when we prosper. 3 John, verse two. And you know where I said it before, where it says, "Beloved, above all things I wish that that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers." So God, He wants us to prosper, and He wants us to prosper in all those three areas: finance, health, and then our soul. And with that being, with your health, yeah, he wants you to be healthy, and your soul, he wants you to to grow uh, in revelation. So that's where you get that inner witness, and now you have all these you have more godly ideas and and godly revelations to think on. And also, if you come with me to Psalms thirty-five and twenty-seven, I can read that to you. I'm the King James version. <laughs> um, Psalms 35 and 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor of my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. With have pleasure in the prosperity of a servant. We're a servant. And right here it says he has pleasure in, this, in our prosperity. So when we're prospering, it pleases God. So understand this. No matter how bad you want to be blessed, God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. Pastor Dwayne says this all the time. You can't outgive God when it comes to giving because he wants to give more. So one way to please God is to allow him to prosper us. Okay? And another point of, of the effects of giving as we store up treasure is that it opens the windows of heaven. And I'll read that to you. You know what? I'm going to do that as a... Since I'm already in the book, I'll do that in King James as well. Malachi 3 and 8. Familiar passage. I'm pretty sure you heard me say it before. Let's go to it. Will a man rob God? Yet yeah, ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And your tithes and offering. Ye are cursed with the curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. There's a lot in there, but let me break it down to you. We don't want to rob God. And he says when you rob God, because you're taking what belongs to him. So when you rob God, not only you taking what belongs to him, but you're also robbing him of the opportunity to bless us, or to bless you. So you don't want to do that, and so it also so you messed up your own blessing when you're robbing God. And also, when it comes to speaking of these windows of heaven being opened up, I've said this before. I'll I'll reiterate this or remind you that God already has blessings for us. But what it does is when we give out when we bring our tithes, our tithes open up these windows of heaven, and our uh, and our offerings determine how much of the blessing is going to flow out. But some of us are only giving offerings and not tithing. Therefore, we got all these blessings waiting to come to us, but because we're we're not tithing, we're not opening up the window to allow those blessings to flow through, or vice versa. Some of us are just tithing and not not giving and offering. So the windows are open, but nothing is coming out because we're not offering anything to God. And God is a multiplier of the sower, he, he'll multiply what we give to him. So if you give him zero, zero times zero is zero. You get math one-on-one in this too. So you won't be able to do both those things. But understand you don't pay for blessings. Everything belongs to God, we just, we're honoring God with, with, our, with our finances, okay? So <clears throat> now let me, let me ask you this question because you're probably asking your, yourself this question. Is there really joy in giving and storing up treasure? Remember, God loves a cheerful giver. And I'm going to tell you, yes, there is. Yes, it is. Where there's no joy, it can lead to other things. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But let us speak on this joy, because you can have this, this joy in your, in your giving, and this is going to help you immensely once you, once you figure this out. This is going we're talking about having joy in our giving. Come with me to, now. I'll read this out of the ESV. Come with me to Matthew 13 and 44. And I'm going to read this to you. Check this out. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Okay. What is that saying? Understand this. This treasure is, is heaven. It's, it's a metaphor for heaven. Okay? And Jesus is saying the guy came by and he found this treasure. And became so overjoyed that he found the treasure that he took whatever, took his own possessions and sold it so he could buy the land where the treasure was at. That's how excited he was. That's how much joy he had in finding this treasure. Now, it's important to note where this treasure was found. This treasure wasn't found in a desert, it wasn't found in Iceland, it wasn't found underwater or in a cave or in some uninhabitable jungle. This treasure was found in a field. And we know that from a field, you can yield a harvest, you can reap a harvest from a field. That's very important because now that this man owns this field, now since he sold what he had and, and took that money and bought the field, he now has. Access to the treasure that's in the field, and the treasure that's that's in the field is worth more than what he paid for that field. What does this have to do with us in our giving? Remember, Jesus said this treasure is like heaven, and as before, we said seek the kingdom of heaven. So, if you want access to the things of heaven, seek the kingdom. So, the field represents you seeking the kingdom of heaven, and the treasure is actual heaven. So now you always have access to it. So, when you have that type of joy and excitement, it shouldn't, like this man, it didn't bother him to sell his possessions and buy the land. So, it shouldn't bother you to give when it comes to things of the kingdom of heaven as far as storing your treasure. So, you should be excited. It's the type of joy you should exuberate when giving. Is everybody with me? Okay, all right. So, I hope that, I hope that makes sense to you. Amen? Amen. So it's the same concept when people strike oil. People strike oil, they don't buy the oil, they buy the land. So you have to think about how excited you are when you discover heaven and things, and things of, of heaven. Okay? And this is part of giving and storing your treasure. If this is making sense, I need some people to nod their heads. Amen? Okay. Um, now, like I said, this is the type of joy we should have as we're, as we're giving to God. As we're sowing into God and bringing our ties to God. We just have this type of joy and excitement, but without this joy, guess what? It can lead to sorrow because the opposite of joy is sadness and sorrow. So, and you don't want to be had that type of sorrow. And I'll I'll just read this to you. We we in we in Matthew heavy today. So come me to Matthew 19 and 16. Once again, it's a familiar passage, and there's a lot in it, but time won't allow me to break everything down because there's a lot in this, so I'm going to break down those, the part that, that's um, talking about the subject today of, of storing up treasure. So listen to this. i, I got to read this because you got to understand this. let uh, this what I said. Matthew 19 and 16. <clears throat> and behold, a young man came to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, so Jesus talking, why do you ask me what is good? There's only one who is good. And if you would enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother and shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man said to him, all these I have kept. What do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you will be perfect, go, and, go sell what you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Let me explain this to you. This young man, he was trying to get eternal life and said, Jesus, what do I have to do? Jesus said, do I, Jesus, first of all, he said, what do I got to do to be good? And Jesus said, only one is good, and that is God. But he said, Follow these he basically told him the the commandments. And the young man said, I did all that. So what else I gotta do? And Jesus said, Oh, so you wanna be perfect? Okay, you still wanna you still want eternal life? Go sell your possessions and give them to the poor. store treasures in heaven and come follow me. And the dude couldn't do it because it says he he walked away sorrowful and had great possessions. But the key is he walked away sorrowful. See, God had, had instructed him what to do with his money and he didn't do it and he gave he said look you do this you have a treasure in heaven to come follow me You'll be born again and this guy he couldn't do it he couldn't separate his money to do this And so he walked away sorrowful and he still had his possessions but he wasn't happy and sometimes I think about that we sometimes we see people that are well off or they're wealthy or they're rich they got it going on seemingly but they're like depressed or there's no joy and they're always searching for joy or searching for happiness and they can't find it and they're doing everything else and they can't find that joy. Sometimes I wonder if, if they've been given as God has instructed them to give. You see what I'm saying? It's the same, same concept. And don't point your finger at this man or the rich people because some of us are like that or some of us have known people that's like that. Uh, you hear this all the time. People say they go to church all the time, they pray all the time, read their Bible all the time, they don't cuss, they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't mess around, they're on that straight and narrow path. But yet when the preacher passes around the collection plate, they don't touch it, they don't put no money in there. Same concept. And maybe they walk away sorrowful or without any joy. So what am I saying? What I'm saying, when you don't have this, this joy and you don't do as God instructs us to do with the money, it can't lead to sorrow. I said this before, even with concerning Cain, Cain and Abel. When Cain was given, it wasn't respected because he didn't give first, he, didn't, he had no excitement, he had no faith in it, had no joy in it, he was nonchalant about the giving, so it wasn't respected and the word says, the countenance fell on him, which means sorrow or depression fell on him and that later, later led to anger and then ultimately he killed his brother. I'm not saying I don't want to get to that extreme but the fact that he didn't have joy in his giving led to sorrow. Are we, are, we, are we seeing what's going on here? So you're gonna, so you should, we all should be excited to give. This is why God loves a cheerful giver. Because he's trying to protect you from being sorrowful. Is everybody with me on this? Okay, now, and what you don't wanna do, you don't wanna, you also don't want to hold back and, and and lie about the giving. You don't want to wind up like Anais and Sapphira. I believe that's how I pronounce it right, Sefira. Probably sound like some ex-girlfriend. I'm kidding, but Anais and Sapphira. If you don't know their story, I'll give you a little quick background. It was in the land, and during this time, uh, Peter was telling them certain people, sell some portions of land or your houses, bring them to me, and we'll distribute it to the people in the, in the land that need it. That's kind of like what, some, what the church should be doing today. The church does do today. trying to help the people in the community. So I don't, as a side note, I don't want to hear anybody complain that the church doesn't do anything for the community. Well, maybe if you're putting into the church, then maybe the church can do something for the community. All right. The, not cussing, not fussing, but I'm just going to put that out there. It's right here in the Word. So but let's go on. Look, look at what Anais and Sapphira did. This is what happened, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you. Listen to this. But a, a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, they did not remain your own, And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but but to God. And when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard it. The young man rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. It gets deeper. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who bury your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And When the young man came in, they found her dead and they carried her out and buried her side of her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all those who heard these things. What am I saying in all of that? First of all, uh, this Sephira lady, as you can tell from reading from this passage, she was really ride or die. Literally, she was ride or die. This is one of these situations where you can find it on a television program, For My Man. Why am I saying all this? Because, and I'm not picking on her, I'm just making a point. She must not have known about Adam and Eve because as husband and wife, you're conspiring together, especially against God. Both of y'all have to face the consequences. Just like here, her and her husband conspired to hold back. And then they lied, so they both, both of them died. So, and the thing was, Peter said, you're not lying to me, you're lying to God. So, to make, so the reason why this is so important is because if you're holding back, that's bad. But then if you're also holding back, I'm not talking about giving to God. When you're holding back, and you're lying about it this is that same the same spirit that same this is what happened to a nice and sephira so this is a situation where and maybe you don't die okay but it's how can i put it to you it's like this if you're supposed to tithe i'll just use this as, as an example if you're supposed to tie 100 but you only tie 50 of no half of it 50 because you're saying i'm gonna use the rest of this for either this bill or for this situation or I need it for this or that and that. Right there you're holding back. But then if you still put it in the plate and you check the tithe box, now you're lying. Because first of all, you, you're holding back from your tithe and now you're lying about it because the 50 isn't your tithe, the 100 is your tithe. So maybe you, maybe you don't die, I hope you don't die, you don't die, but maybe other things die off. That thing that you was trying to achieve but that, that money that you held back from, maybe that dies. Maybe that plan that you had dies, or that business dies, or the business stalls. Or maybe your enthusiasm to lose weight or enthusiasm to go back to school, maybe that dies off. Or just maybe you were trying to get your, have some debt cancellation, and the whole process of your debt cancellation, that dies. So the very thing that God is trying to bless you with, you kill it off because you're holding back and you're lying about it. Now, how you have now had they? That's part of also the um, misled intentions, bad intentions to do with it. But when you have that type of joy that you're supposed to have, like the man who found the treasure in the field, you're so excited you, you're not going to hold back. You're going to give what God tells you to give. You're going to bring to God what God tells you to bring. Are we all on the same page here? Okay. Listen to this, <clears throat> and I'm gonna talk about. This right here is going to mess you up, mess me up. I'm, and I'm almost done, but we need to listen to this. As far as tithes and offerings, we give offerings, but we bring the tithe. See, the tithe, it belongs to God already. It's already His. So we can't give something that's not ours. So we can't give a tithe because that's not ours. That's why we bring the tithe. You understand that? That's going to help you far as your tithe offering and, and sowing seed. all we we doing all this with the uh, joyous, of being the joyful person, having a joyful spirit because we're um, honoring God and restoring treasure in heaven. So, <clears throat> listen to this. We can cheerfully bring tithes, bring, uh, give offerings, and sow seed. And I'm almost done. I got one more. I know I got a lot of scriptures, but you got to get this. Uh, come with me to 2 Corinthians four and seventeen. <clears throat> Here it says, "For this light, momentary whoops, technology, for this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen." Are eternal okay even the saints of old used to sing a song hold to god's unchanging hand hold to god's unchanging hand build your hopes on things eternal hold to god's unchanging hand i hope y'all was not expecting me to sing that that's what the praise and worship team is for but the principle in that song is true build your hopes on things eternal so while we're here prospering on earth we can store treasure in heaven at the same time. Um, and I, I'll leave you with this, treasure on earth is temporary, but treasure in heaven is eternal. Glory to his word. Father God, thank you for this message. Thank you for allowing me to deliver this message to your people. I pray that he was blessed and filled. I pray they come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. God bless you.